Welcome everyone to the second episode of the Light of Life podcast. I am your host, Naomi Zabello. This month of May, I am here with Sujatha. She is, or, Sujatha, um, what, what is your job? Where, where do you work? <laughs> Hi, Naomi. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm Sujatha Jigdish Branch, and I'm Statewide Advocacy Counsel at Northwest Justice Project, which is the biggest public interest law firm in the state of Washington. Previously, I worked for a long time in California, and I just want to mention before we start that I am talking to you just as a private person and not as part of my job. Really happy to be here. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for um, volunteering to do this, Sujatha. I'm really happy that you wanted to do this. <laughs> uh, so today we're going to be talking about a few different topics, just about the hospital, and um, I'm going to share my perspective, um, and, and Sujatha, if, you, if, um, um, if you'd like to share your perspective too. Um, so um, the first the first topic we're going to talk about is um, what what it is like to be in the hospital. Um, so uh, w- would you like to start, Sujatha, or should I start? Um, maybe I can say just a little bit, and I think actually you're really, you have a lot of expertise on this and would love to hear from you. So I'm an attorney. I specialize in part in healthcare and also children's rights. And um, my uh, uh, my experience is more about what I've seen with my clients. And I think having family connections is really super, super important for both children and adults when they're in the hospital. And also some of the people I love the most in hospitals are nurses because of the, the nurturing way they take care of people. So that's my first thought. And what are your experiences in the hospital, Naomi? Um, so for my experiences, I've had uh, quite a number of operations, um, and um, it it takes a um, for for my experience. I remember like just you're in the hospital for a very long time, and it takes time to recuperate, rehabilitate, and recover. Um, but it's worth it because um, your health is um, much more stable in the long run. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 I would also just um like to say yes um the doctors the nurses and the surgeons are wonderful um everyone who plays a part in medical staff um saves lives every day and um like 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 um I I'm I'm so um thankful that that we have um such wonderful um medical care available and um because um without without doctors nurses and um um all the medical staff uh i i would not be here today so i'm so so thankful that i'm that i have the the opportunity to have just to to have had um to have been so lucky <laughs> to have been so lucky and also brave and um supporting what needs to be done so you're where you are today and that always makes me really happy to hear that kind of experience so do you have thoughts about what um when you've been in the hospital what's made it work better for you and what's made it easier when you've transitioned out of the hospital back home or to to school uh yes um i think i think um 
um what's made what's made it um the easiest is um just being just being physically better um mm -hmm. um it i i remember it took it took a long time um for me to full fully recover but i was but i was able to um but 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 I, but I was able to um get back to uh like school and um um it 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 went it went very smoothly actually um but um um there have um so so it was yes um there was um let's see I'm trying to think <laughs> um So what about like how how much did you want to know about what was going on and especially when you were a child because you know there's always that and for me as a lawyer too um, I can explain everything and sometimes that's actually not helpful and like how how I explain can be really important so any thoughts about that Yeah um it um I was um I I I do remember um when I, as I was um transitioning um to 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 go back home and recover um 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 I I remember I received a lot of um help from like um a lot of um other medical staff for me to to me to be prepared to um start start recovering at home um um I um um I, um, I, I, I remember, um, I remember recovering at home and, um, it, it, um, and, and I, and I do remember receiving, um, lots, lots, lots of, uh, uh medical help and it was, and, and it was a great smooth transition. Um, so yeah. <laughs> awesome. So shall I tell you maybe a little bit about, um, work I've done with kids who've been in the hospital. Yeah. It's a good time to do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, when I was in California, especially, I did a lot of advocacy on behalf of low-income children and youth um, who had health conditions, and um, sometimes they were being served in the hospital, sometimes they were being served um, in a different type of facility. And what they wanted and what their families wanted was to be able to live at home and live the way other kids did. And that um, can be really complicated in various ways. I actually really wish that lawyers didn't need to be as involved as they sometimes do in addressing those issues. Um, but um, it was partly about the, the visioning around what happens when someone moves out and actually having resources available at home. I think one of the things you said, and this definitely was true for my clients, is um, people don't necessarily go from needing to be in the hospital to having everything be um, exactly the way they want it to be. And they might need some ongoing care and support when they move out. And I've seen time and time again, when there's some emergency or when there's surgery that's needed, then those resources are forthcoming, but then getting some support when someone is about to move out or actually has moved out, that can be harder and it takes more creativity to pull it together. So that's one of my observations. Like it's partly about how folks are treated when they're in the hospital. And it's also about what happens when they're actually transitioned back home. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
Um, so, um, I would like to, um, if, um, if our next topic, um, could be, um, just, um, some, if, if we could each maybe give some advice, um, to, um, to, to anyone who has, who has, like, had to been in the hospital or had medical problems, had surgery, um, so, um, so, um, I, I would like to say, um, to anyone who has ever had surgery or has had a hospital stay or is having upcoming surgery or is going to have an upcoming hospital stay um um i just want everyone to know um i understand your feelings it's 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 natural to be anxious um because it 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 it's quite the unknown you're not sure what's going to happen you don't know what to expect um but what has helped me throughout my 20 years um is to be aware that the hospital will help you will heal you and will save you um i really hope um anyone who listens to this understands you're going to be better and your health will improve drastically. And I understand it's it's difficult, but um, your health will improve and you'll be able to uh, live life more. <laughs> Do you have any advice, Sujatha? Yeah, I think so. First of all, I agree 100% and that's really a, a lovely um, sentiment of support. And um, uh, what I would add is it's okay to ask questions because, um, you know, most of us, like when we're not in the hospital, we kind of know how our lives work. We know how school or work is going to be. And being in the hospital, things are so different. And, you know, the, the people you interact with, what the bed is like, what the bathroom is like, what the food is like, everything is really different. And, it's okay to ask questions to try to understand. And there are a lot of really kind people who can explain things. And um, especially like what I've seen is nurses and the techs, like sometimes they can be really, and doctors of course, can be really amazing and supportive and explaining, even though it's like in a very um, surreal and unexpected environment sometimes. Um, and um, sometimes you can also find that person who's really good at explaining things and understanding what you want to understand sometimes can reduce that anxiety. Yes, absolutely. Um, just like you said, um, doctors and nurses um, and surgeons have, have um, um, say, save our lives and, and, and really help us um, get healthy and feel better. <laughs> Um, let's see, what have we not talked about yet? Um, <laughs> is there anything else you would like to talk about, Sujas? <laughs> yeah, do you want to hear um, a little bit about the community integration work I've done? So not just about being in the hospital, but what comes um, afterwards? Yes, please. <laughs> Okay, um, so by community integration, what I mean is um, people with health conditions have a chance to live where they want to live, 
interact with who they want to interact with, do the things they want to do, eat the food they want to eat, you know, just those general things that people usually do in our society. And um, historically, one of the things that my clients have experienced, and this is really changing a lot nowadays, but um, in the past, it used to be that people, like they might get the, the urgent care they, they needed in a hospital, but if they needed some additional support afterwards, then their only choice was to be in a facility or an institution, not to be at home. And that was bad in lots of ways um, for, for uh, all, all the things that I just mentioned. You know, if someone is in a facility, they don't get to decide who they interact with. They don't get to decide where they live. They don't get to decide when they go to bed, the food they eat, etc. And that's not the way most people want to live. And especially it's not the way most children want to live. And in the past, like 40, 50 years ago, um, kids, if they had health conditions and they did, needed some ongoing care from a nurse or um, they needed some personal care, like help with bathing or things like that, then they had to go into a facility. And um, in the more recent past, I'm really happy to say that because of the Americans with Disabilities Act and the Supreme Court's decision in, in the Olmstead case about 20 years ago, people have much more of an opportunity to live at home or with their family, with their friends, where they want to live, and to have those services actually be provided where they are instead of having to go somewhere else in order to get the services. And that's some of the work that I've done for many years. And when I was in California, I litigated three class actions. So by class action, I mean, that's a case that um, is uh, to help the people who filed the case, the people whose name is on the case, and also to help a group of other people who have a similar situation. And um, those cases had to do with what kind of services the state of California would provide to young people, to kids, and to adults um, if they wanted and needed to live at home. And um, one of the cases had to do with people with intellectual developmental disabilities or other developmental disabilities. And the other had to do with um, a program in California that pays for certain um, home care services and personal care services for low income people. And because there was a budget crisis, the state was trying to cut back on those services. So there's still a lot more to be done, but I'm really happy to see more people be, being able to live safely where they want to live. And it's better for everybody. It's better for people to people who have health conditions to have that freedom. And it's better for everybody else to be able to interact with who they want to. Yes, um, it has improved um, over the years a lot. Um, and, and like you said, with um, the American Disabilities Act, the ADA, um, also reminded me of the ACA, the Affordable Care Act um, mm -hmm. for health insurance. Um, it's also very important to have, especially if you have um, a pre-existing condition like I do. <laughs> That's a really important law and the pre-existing condition um, provision in the Affordable Care Act means that insurance companies can't discriminate against someone because of um, the health care that they might have needed previously. And that, you know, uh, this is the, that's an area of law I've been practicing from before the Affordable Care Act and now. And it was really sad in the past that people who needed the health insurance the most, sometimes they were just really struggling to find 
any health insurance, much less something that's affordable. And now um, health insurance is much more available. And that is um, like, it's not just about the creativity to bring the resources to bear and to have the doctors and nurses and healthcare professionals. It's also about being able to pay for it. And having insurance is a really important part of being able to pay for it. Yes, absolutely. I, I've been I've been taught my whole life how important it is to have um health insurance and um and and to have um um to have um um medical um just just have um hospitals and available uh available to me and um to to help my heart condition. Um, it's 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 very very important. Um, it has saved it has saved millions of lives. <laughs> it's saved millions of lives, um, like literally saved lives, and it's also made millions of people live more comfortably, happily, and productively. Um, and um, you know, it's partly about the pre-existing condition law. It's also about having private health insurance be more available to people. And it's about Medicaid. So that's an area that I've specialized in more throughout my career. Medicaid is a public health insurance program for low income people and people with health conditions. And in California, actually about 40% of kids have their health care through Medicaid. So thank goodness for Medicaid as well. Yes. So kids can get health care and they can live their lives the way they want to, and nobody is saddled with medical debt. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Um, so let's see, have we gone through all the topics yet? Let me check my, um, my phone. There's one more thing I could mention. Um, so I mentioned the Medicaid program, and there's a particular program, just because you're a young person, um, and um, folks who are listening to your podcast may be curious about this. There's a Medicaid program called EPSDT. Have you heard that before? Shall I, say what I, I have never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, EPSDT is Early Periodic Screening Diagnosis and Treatment, and that's a really important protection from Medicaid. So early means um, that kids uh, have access to healthcare early on in their lives. And then periodic means on a regular basis. So if kids need to see a pediatrician, then they can see a pediatrician as long as, as often as needed and is appropriate for their age. And then diagnosis means actually finding a diagnosis for the child. So for example, um, some children might be born with cerebral palsy. And um, for those kids, or, or some children might be born with a health condition. And for those kids having early diagnosis can be mean uh, all the difference for the rest of their lives and being successful in um, doing what they want to do. And um, so the T and EPSDT means treatment. So early periodic diagnosis and treatment. So the treatment means actually having access to address whatever it is that's diagnosed. And um, it is um, really important for those 40% of kids in California who have um, Medicaid as their health insurance. And it's also important for everybody because it's kind of a model about how 
health care is delivered for kids. So other other health insurance and sometimes doctors and nurses are looking at Medicaid to see, okay, so what did it what is it that a child might really need? Um, and I think that's something that California and the United States and many other states like Washington also have a right to be really proud about. But um, it's about paying for health care and it's also about having targeted health care for kids because that is what they need. Yes, yes, that, that's, that's very important. Um, and, and, I, and I have not heard of it before. So thank you for bringing awareness to that. <laughs> Um, is there anything else you would like to talk about? Yeah, just one one little thing about kids is that um, uh, throughout my career, I've worked a lot with kids with disabilities. And um, I, I always learned that it was important to treat kids like kids because kids are kids, whether they have disabilities or not. And um, I had an experience kind of early in my career that I was just thinking about as we were talking that um, I had a client who was a teenager and she had a diagnosis of an intellectual cognitive disability and cerebral palsy. Her mom just was not able to take care of her at home anymore as she was getting bigger. So she'd been placed in an institution, but she wanted to move home and her mom wanted her to move home. So I went out to visit her with her mom and I was a little nervous. I didn't know what to expect. Um, first, uh, one of my first times visiting a facility. And um, so I walk in with, with the mom and she introduces me to my client. And then um, she kisses my client on the head and says, oh my gosh, what did they do to your hair? It looks so weird. She had like one of those asymmetrical haircuts but short on one side and long on the other. And my client kind of rolled her eyes and said, mom, leave me alone. I like my hair this way. And that was like a really good example to me of, yes, it's true. Kids are kids. You know, they relate to their parents the way they relate to their parents. And this was like that interaction between the mom and my client was just like the way a lot of teenagers and their moms talk to each other. Thank you so much. Um for, for coming on to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so, I'm Thank so you. glad. Thank you, my pleasure. We got to talk about a lot of different things. Yes, it was Very really important. fascinating and mm-hmm. appreciate being able to touch bases. Yes, um, I created this podcast um, to, to, spread, to spread awareness about many different um, kinds of like health problems and just want to spread hope and inspiration to, to, to anyone else who has had similar, has been in similar situations. (laughs) So thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you.